standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is July the 13th, episode 454. And yes, that is the the designation of a big block uh, engine from back in the day. Uh, But really what it makes me think about is the fact that I missed uh, episode 451 talking about Fahrenheit 451, right? (laughs) But... Uh, you know, I had other things planned for that day and, uh, the schedule is packed tight in my, in my life. So I, I didn't have the time to game that one out, but I don't really think it matters. Today's episode is going to be called, is it getting hot? The reason being is, well, one's in the temperature two, it is an allusion to the Fahrenheit 451 and three, because of the obvious tyranny that is going on around us and the aspects of a dystopian novel that are playing out in front of our faces. And the real question is, is what are you going to do about it? So before we get into that, before, before we step off into the subject matter for today, let me remind you, you can help me like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on the social medias. I've got a page. I've got a group all on the uh, Facebooker there. In addition to that, I do visit MeWe and uh, Gab from time to time. And if you are feeling particularly motivated or happy or impressed or whatever (laughs) adjective you want to throw at it, do me a salad, rate and review this podcast. Find your favorite podcatcher, go to, you know, uh, YouTube, rate rate and review. It's It's a big deal that will help me kind of overcome some of the problems with the algorithm you know i've got four listeners and they're extremely busy we've got north of 165 downloads now oh did i say 165 it meant 165,000 downloads now you know yes I, i do like uh to be silly i do like to be sarcastic at times but you can't do it all the time for everything because people quit listening so hmm here we go subject matter of the day We've been talking about patriots. We've talked about um, what it means to be a faithful patriot. We've talked about some of the choices uh, that you're going to have to make, right? You're going to have to think ahead. So the underlying question is, at what point is it getting hot enough? We're all familiar with the analogy about throwing the uh, frog in a pot of water and slowly turn up the water until the frog boils to death or the steam gets it, or whatever. Um, You know, I guess Mythbusters did something and more or less disproved that theory. But I think as a practical matter, it's a very good illustration. When I think about things in historical terms, the Founding Fathers would have never, ever tolerated what we tolerate right now. When when I I think back to the war between the states, the, the... uh, failed secession movement, the second war for independence, the uh, war of northern aggression, whatever your preferred term is, I think that they would have never ever tolerated what we have now. In fact, a good number of them probably predicted, both from the revolutionary time period and the founders and the second revolution, they perceived the threat of a giant, over-powerful federal government. And 
we are now living in that world they warned us would come. And yet we go along and pretend that all is well. Now I got to, you know, I got to give props. They did give us when I, they, they, we paid for, they provided, meaning government, the illusion of great prosperity, great freedom, immense wealth. Most of that is not real to the majority of us. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can get on a road and you can drive cross country and you can get there in a day or two anywhere in this country, depending on how hard, how fast and how long you're going to drive. So as far as the roads, the mythological question of who would build the roads. Yeah, that's been done. We, We used to have rocket ships that went to the moon. We used to have planes that routinely could break the sound barrier that passengers could actually ride on. We used to have cars that were the envy of the world. Now, some would argue we still do, but we we used to pride ourselves on efficiency and efficacy of the use of natural resources. Now, whether you understand that oil is always replenishing itself or you believe it is a finite resource, and you believe that finite resource is going to expire in 100 years or 400 years, don't know, don't care. 400 years from now, we in the next three generations will be dead and buried and gone. We will be returned to dust. So that doesn't mean you be foolish. That doesn't mean that you do, (laughs) that you continue to do stupid things. Right? That, I guess that's just the easiest way to put it. But you don't need to fret. And we keep hearing every decade the latest crisis that's going to ruin it for all of us. And we're all going to die. Now, regardless of what you want to believe, it's cooling, it's, it, it's overheating, it, and now it's just change. Well, th- that change I don't believe in. And I certainly don't believe we, the humans, do that. But again, it doesn't really matter. It's a pretext. It's a pretext to keep shoving down more totalitarian actions. It's an excuse to impress more tyranny upon our lives, to dictate what we can and cannot do, where we can go and where we cannot go, how we can procreate or not procreate. It is all-consuming government. This is the dream of folks like Stalin, Mao, Hitler, Trotsky, Marx, Engels, Rousseau. Hmm? But let me ask you, is this really what we want? Is this really something that we set out looking for when we went down this path? No, I think they've lulled us into sleep. They've, they've used security as a wet blanket and they're smothering us. For many times, I've referenced the idea when they came up with the Patriot Act, it was going to be used against us, we the people. It was never about the war on terror. It was about controlling we the people. And they purposely named it the Patriot Act because people would go along with it. And I've referenced, at least in the last two episodes, how, well, one, we don't really have a good definition of what it means to be a patriot. And two, If you are a patriot, at what point do you say no? Now, I know that there are 
large movements of people, and by large, I just mean more than a dozen, of people that just want to check out. They want to walk away. They, they don't want to be involved. They don't want to be in the middle of it. And to an extent, I respect that, and I admire it. But I'll tell you, in the long run, it doesn't work. The Amish were left alone successfully for a couple hundred years until they weren't. The Amishes are merely tolerated and, but to their, to my surprise, actually, they largely get to go about their lives unmolested for now. They're, they're essentially in their own quarantine or reservation, if you prefer. They did it to themselves, which is, I think, why they were allowed and tolerated to do what they do, which is their own thing. But they are always treated as and viewed as as, um, a sect that nobody cared about, nobody paid attention to, and nobody took seriously. But they also believe in (laughs) passivism, right? Passivism? Yeah, sure. They're pacifists. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to fight for anything. Well, if you don't want to fight for anything, it's only a matter of time before it's taken away. Perhaps their their uh, plan where they just won't have anything of value worth taking is playing in part of that. I don't know. But farmland is the the next big grab, right? I mean, you can get into the national scene and look at what's playing out. And you should be very concerned about the actors at play gobbling up farmland, gobbling up natural resources. And we just sit there and don't pay attention to it. We, we, we're we free to talk about the oligarchs in Russia or even, to a lesser extent, Ukraine. But if you mention anything like that in the United States, you're poo-pooed, you're dismissed. And what what's kind of interesting, and I had a gentleman uh, last night that was talking about even local oligarchs, right? You, you have the... You have the powers that be locally here, and, and nobody wants to talk about them. We we pretend they don't exist, but they do. They're involved in everything, and, and that's that's kind of interesting because it's always been that way. You go all the way back to biblical time. There's always been a warlord. There's always been somebody that's in power, and it's just a matter of how much power could they usurp and sway that authority among others before. Those others had enough and did something about it. I mean, I don't think that we should have to go back to regicide to deal with our problems. But when you when you have the whole system rigged all the way down to the local level where true representation is dead. Now, unfortunately, as a patriot, good patriots, they sometimes think that people would agree with them if they just knew what they believe that people would agree with them if they just understood where they were coming from. And I got to tell you, my Patriot brothers and sisters, I don't believe that's the case anymore. We ceded the public government educational institutions to the left a long, long time ago. In fact, I would say they were the ones that created it and controlled it from the first day of its existence. And it was just, they were slowly and gradually turning up the screws and cranking down uh, their authoritarianism. I think it would be safe to say that most of you who went to school in the 80s, if you were to go visit your children's school in today's day and age and spend a day in there, 
would not recognize what's playing what's playing out in front of you. You would have no idea how that is considered education. Now, I I heard some interesting statistics recently. Um, oddly enough, from the same guy, but the the premise was is about half the teachers quit after their first year. So you get a brand new teacher, they do it for one year and they quit, and then within the next five years, a full fifty percent of those that remained have quit. So that means their turnover rate in five years is 75%. 75% of all new teachers are not teachers after five years. And one wonders why that might be. Again, is it because they'd find out that this isn't what they signed up for? Is it because they can't stomach what they're being forced to do? Is it that the Kids are not really the little angels that maybe they thought they might have been, or is it because the system's rigged against them? I don't know. And I imagine every teacher's experience is different. And as a patriot, right, as, a, as somebody that's faithful, you want to approve and applaud people that go out and do a good job. You want to be happy with the people that are spending time with your children and educating them. But what you might want more than that or should want more than that is you or your family to spend time with your children and educating them. But again, I know that's not an opportunity that everybody has. It's not always a good option, even if you do have that opportunity. There's definitely costs involved with that. So going back to the Patriot's Choice, what are you going to do? What decision are you going to make? What direction are you going to go? What are your options? Do you feel the heat? If you're sending your children to Rome for 12 years, why would you not expect to get Romans back when they're done? Right? I'm paraphrasing Vody Bakum there. And I think that's a very, very good point. So let me ask you. Do you feel the heat? You, you, you can't go get the car you want easily any longer. And if you can, the price has gone up significantly. And even if you can afford the price, the financing price has gone up drastically. And when you look at your life, you say, well, I haven't really done anything significantly different that would cause my credit rating to change or why should it be this way? Well, <clears throat> You know, we could blame inflation. We could blame mismanagement. We could blame bad government. We could blame the bankster's greed. And I think to some degree, all of those would be accurate. We in America uh, were blessed back in the 50s. There was the thought process that what's good for GM is good for the United States. And what's good for the United States is good for GM. But that's really not the case anymore. All the major corporations are now world corporations, right? They're multinational corporations. They have zero vested interest in these United States. Even Ford Motors, which didn't take Uncle Sam's money to bail out, is still being manipulated by the ESG crowd, by the BlackRock investor crowd, right? Even Ford. 
And they were the quintessential American company. And yet, the question is, are they? Are they still? For years, we've been hearing about all these great electric cars we're going to have. And, you know, okay, fine. If you like an electric car, you should go buy one. Uh, I'm not sure that it's worth the challenges, but they are fast and some of them are quite beautiful, but they're completely subsidized in much the same way that gasoline cars were subsidized. So this is nothing new. It's no coincidence that when they build all the roads that the market for cars exploded, but who do you think paid for those roads? Do you understand that was basically subsidizing one form of business? Now, uh, I used to listen to a guy back in the day, his name was Chuck Harder, and he talked about the concept that for shipping purposes, the three cheapest or most efficient ways to uh, to ship something from point A to point B were one, over water, because you can carry so much more, it was more efficient, two, over rail, right, because once the rail plant's in there, you can run as many um, trains back and forth over it as you need to keep pace. And then three, you would get long haul trucking. But let me ask you, who do you think the government favored in that scenario? Which one had more influence over government? Which one did, which one did the government have a vested interest in protecting? Well, up until very recently, it was quite obvious. It was long haul trucking, even though, there are more costs involved with it. It is better in the sense that it can actually go from point A to point B. One of the things that I found interesting is, while Mr. Harder is 100% accurate, it's probably cheaper to ship from Chicago to Louisiana down the Mississippi River. But that also mm, requires unloading, offloading, following a more circular, Cuitous, uh path. So th- there are drawbacks, but but if cost is all you're worried about, then yeah, sure. Same thing with trains, right? So you got a train that's going from Boston to Seattle, and you can do a relatively straight line, and it doesn't have to stop. So it's quicker, it's more efficient. But once you get to your end destination, you still have potentially several more miles. So you're going to have to offload, put it on a truck, and go. So the advantage to the long haul truckers is you could go from point A to point B to point C in theory, not have to offload and reload and the roads go everywhere. The roads go places that train tracks can't go or a river might not go. So why you're asking right now, why are you bringing this up, Stephen? What, what does this mean? Well, because at the time it was advantageous have more truckers at the time it was advantageous to have a easily controllable flowable distribution network and that was beneficial to everybody until it's not so we we really don't have the functional locks that we used to have we don't we don't really have the functional train lines that we used to have because we let it go away because it wasn't as efficient and now we're wholly dependent on truck deliveries. Now, maybe that's a slight exaggeration. I do see trains going across the state of Texas from time to time. 
but the volume has dropped precipitously. And, and the utilization of that has dropped. Now, that may pick back up again because they're shipping, you know, from the the Mexican coast and they come up through central United States. And then there's grain that goes from Canada to Mexico and vice versa. You know, I get that. But really, every time they come up with a public works scheme for trains, it really ends up just being a giant suckle of money because they already favor trucks. They already favor buses. They already favor cars. They're they're manipulating people and they don't see it. They, they manipulate the greenies, right? The leftists. Oh, we're going to put in this nice train and it's going to be so much more efficient. We're going to protect the environment and we're going to spend oodles of money on that. And they keep the, get people on the left, the progressives happy with that. And then they say, well, we're going to defend the truckers and we're, we're going to make sure that they get to do their work. And, you know, we're going to put reasonable restrictions on to make sure that they don't get abused or rust. Well, now they've made the union people happy and they're, they're going to get them involved and keep them out voting and supporting them. Right. And then they say, well, you know, we've got to keep this free trade thing going and we're going to keep prices low. And well, now they've kept the, um, we'll call them the uh, bottom two thirds of the Republican uh, party, right? The people that don't have all the money. You've kept them happy because, well, we're still going to get to buy our cheap stuff and we have an illusion of a free market. But at the end, the people are pulling the strings and you need not look any further to watch that play out than locally here in McKinney. Don't believe me? The airport bond was voted down. 80% of the people said, no, we don't want to do that. That was merely a speed bump. The city council is going to find another way to fund it. They're going to get that money from somewhere else. It's going to come from you and I, mind you, but they'll find another way to do it. They want their airport and you're not going to slow them down. Oh, we're slowing them down, but you're not going to stop them. Let me let me put it that way. You're not going to stop us. We're going to get what we want. Now, I have no illusion that public works shouldn't be done. That There are legitimate public works. There are things that need to be done. But at what cost? What's at play? Who benefits? But again, if you're not paying attention... You don't see those things. You don't You don't see how it's being used against you. Now, yeah, it might be nice to see a pretty building off of Highway 5 in McKinney when they're done. But realistically, all that does is grow government more. That makes it more expensive long term. What are you going to get out of it? <laughs> a bigger tax bill. So I ask you, do you feel the heat? They don't respect, you know, we're in a downturning economy. People are making less money. People can't save money, but hey, don't worry. Government's going to spend more. Oh, and if you think that's a problem, we're just going to create more. And when we create more, that's going to require that you need more just to get the same thing that you got last month. It's a vicious cycle. And unless you understand at least conceptually what's going on here, you're going to miss it. When you do the slow move on oppression, right? When when you turn up the heat ever so slightly over a long period of time, people don't know what's happening. So I'm asking you, is it getting hot? Oh, well, now those trucks that they had workers for, now they're trying to make them autonomous. And they're trying to make your car autonomous. Well, who benefits from that? Why is that a good thing? They're limiting your ability to travel. They're limiting your ability to think for yourself. 
They say it's for safety. They say it's for efficiency. They say a number of different things, but the reality is they don't care about any of that. It's always about control. So, fellow patriots out there, let me ask you, have you learned to look at everything that's going on through the lens of how is this going to be used to control and or manipulate me? Might I suggest you need to do that? You need you need to change your paradigm. Don't look at things simply from the left versus right, uh, Democrat versus Republican. Look at it as how will this be used to control me and my family? How is this being used to manipulate the people around me? What can I do to prevent, slow down, or reverse what's happened? Those are the questions you need to be asking yourself. And it starts right here, out your back door, at the lowest level elected official, which in many people's mind is the city council and the school board. Now, I know that the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of good patriots is, well, they're all a bunch of leftist progressives. Well, it's true that a lot of them do share those values, but I would suspect most of them are, in fact, not. They're the typical run-of-the-mill chamber of commerce, rotary. Again, this is all new information, right? No, no, we've always known this. I, I had two speakers talk about this issue a little bit yesterday when I was in a conversation. Again, nothing new here. We've already known this. But we didn't understand the why. It's a club. You're not in it. That's problem one. Problem two is they want to be in power and they want to manipulate others. So they do good things. They make themselves look shiny happy in front of the majority of the people. And for that, they're left alone and given more power, more authority, more money. Now, I would be willing to bet the majority of the people involved in any of those fraternal organizations, any of those local organizations actually do have a good heart. They want to do a good thing. They, they have legitimate things they're trying to do. But what I suggest to you is some of the leadership, particularly if they're relatively new leadership, they might have an entirely different motive. They might be looking at how do I use this for my own personal ambition? How do I use this to get ahead uh, and get it over others? The very much the idea of what's in it for me crowd has carried over into everything, even the little civic organizations that are allegedly there for everybody's benefit. You need to be wary, patriot. Don't hate them. Join them. Don't, don't dismiss them. Don't be mean. Don't be rude. Work with them. They're already doing much of the work that we generally approve of, but they're being manipulated. You can see that, right? If you can't, take the time. Invest the time. Understand what's going on around you. It is getting hot. You have to take the time to learn out, Learn now where the source of the heat is. The only way you can fix it is to one get out of the kitchen or away from the fire, or two, turn down the thermostat. And that's kind of what we're working on right here every day at this podcast, is what can we do to to lessen the tyranny? If that's interest of you, 
like, share, and subscribe to the show. Join me. We'll keep doing what we're doing. And hey, if you're outside of McKinney, if you're outside of Collin County, if you're outside of Texas, that's all right. The same stuff is going on where you live too. Thank you so much. This has been According to Cows, and I will see you on the other side.